Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We are so glad you tuned in. And we just want to say thank you for all those leaving reviews on iTunes and different podcast platforms and those giving shout outs on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We see you. We We love it. It's fabulous. Oh, it's too good. It's too good. (laughs) Actually, I have to tell you something funny. There was a gal who posted just the other day how when she was sitting on an airplane and she was about to get off she remembered when I was telling you about how I told that man to wait his <laughs> dang turn before he got off the airplane so again we thank you so much and if you haven't left a review you can go ahead and do that we would be so so grateful yes. give us a shout out we love finding out where you're from in fact I had another one Ashley a gal from Ireland who reached out and said, oh my gosh, I love it. I love what's going on. Thank you so much for what you guys do. So we love serving you. And today is no different. Yeah, today's no different. Today we're talking about why partnership matters though. And we thought there's no better way to talk about partnership than to tell someone's story. We have told you so many stories in our lives and we're going to continue to do so, but we couldn't help but share the life and work of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, Ashley, no matter where people fall on the political spectrum, we can all appreciate a life well lived and still living. Praise be to God. We can all appreciate this life well lived. Yes. Who she is, what she's overcome. And there's so much to learn from this beautiful woman, beautiful woman of strength and valor. So, Ashley, what I first want to know, where were you when you learned about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm pretty sure that I learned about her in school when you talk about the Supreme Court because she's such a powerhouse. And honestly, being a woman in that zone obviously stands out because it's not normal. It <laughs> so is not normal. First learning about her. And then obviously over the last 10 years, gosh, we've been hearing about her like crazy and her resilience, man, her life. That Mm -hmm. girl is making decisions from the hospital. I mean, this is all kinds of OG gangster. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this woman is a G for real. Even today she's telecommuting. Did you know that? Even this very day. That's crazy. Third it is. Yeah. She's telecommuting to court. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Seriously. She's She's amazing. She's too. I want to be like that. I I aspire to spend my whole life, you know, like I think about that, like um, to spend your entire life, like to get to the end of it and go, man, I spent everything I had. And I feel like she's one of those people. Absolutely. I just want to say gangster, but I need it to sound like when you say it, like that's all I want. (laughs) That's my first big goal for today. We'll do a lesson right after this. I just, it's your accent. <laughs> this whole North Carolina to LA to New York has done something. To you. You've changed, Ashley, for I the have. better. I'm, you have the coolest you accent. You know, it's so funny, <laughs> listeners. The first time we started podcasting, I'm like, oh, Ashley, I just love your accent. And she's like, what, what accent? What accent? What are you even talking about? And I said, this is going to go well because people are going to fall in love with your voice. Like, you were built for this. How you were not a radio announcer in a past life, I don't know. You know, my highest dream when I was um, a teenager, close to 18, was to sing 
hooks in rap songs. So <gasps> I'm saying, oh my god, you know, if there's anyone oh out there god. listening and and you have you have this opportunity to open the door for me, I'm I'm ready. So maybe not radio announcer Tiffany, but singing hooks in rap songs, I'm in. I'm all the way in on that. I don't have words for this. I have to leave we that. We should most definitely go back to Notorious RBG. Oh, we are. We are. Perhaps she had dreams such as that. No, hers yeah. were a tad loftier um, yeah, they were when she was better. 18. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just give you a brief history on Ruth Bader Ginsburg, what, who we know today as such a powerful, influential woman sitting on the Supreme Court. But before that, she was just a young gal in Brooklyn. She was born March 15th, 1933. Hmm. She had some sweet parents. They were immigrants from the Ukraine. And, excuse me, her dad was an immigrant from the Ukraine. And her mom was born in New York to Austrian Jewish parents. Hmm. And she actually had a sister who passed at the age of six Hmm. due to meningitis when Ruth was just 14 months old. And um, she was beloved. She had a great relationship with her mama. Her mama would often take her to the library. She had such a love for books and learning. And I just, even as a mama now, seeing how her mom played such an influential life, um, influential uh, just action in her life is really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, She graduated school at 15. She graduated high school at 15, very young. And she... I mean, honestly, 15. 15. Especially in her day and age. I mean, we're talking about like yeah. in the 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She was a smart, smart, smart girl. And after that, she went to Cornell in New York. And I always think of that and I always celebrate that because I think of Andy from The Office. <laughs> He'd be, I'm sure he's so proud. How did that not come up that RBG went to Cornell? Maybe it did come up in The Office and I just never noticed. Um, and you know what happened at Cornell, Ashley? Tell us. She, we sound really interested. <laughs> she met the love of her life, Martin Ginsburg, when she was 17. She graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in 1954, and then they later married a month after graduation. So she's still just a youngin, still just a youngin. And most people forget that she moved to Oklahoma while he was serving in the reserves. Army Reserves. And then a little later after that, while in Oklahoma, she had her first child. Hmm. And then, as if life isn't already busy enough, when he... Right. um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, After the Reserves in the fall of 56, they both, I repeat, they both um, attended Harvard Law School. And she was only one of nine women in a class of 500 men. Man. Yeah. Can you even believe that? No. First of all, let's just celebrate that they both got accepted to one of the hardest law schools to get into in the country. Both of them, not one of them. Could you imagine having that conversation where like, hey, you got in, but I didn't. What should we do? No. no, That decision was made for them, right? They both got in. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just love it. And I, it's interesting. One of the first questions she was asked by the dean is this. Why are you at Harvard Law School taking Hmm. the place of a man? Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. good thing that um, Ruth is who she is because now there's policies in place. Yeah. <laughs> that would actually make it illegal for someone to do that. <laughs> you know what? You know what the best thing is, though? Um, historians say that her comment back when asked this question was like, oh, so I can be a better wife. <laughs> wow. And she said it as condescending as possible, right. which is just the best. 
just it's just the best and very ruth we're talking about 1956 that was yes. her comment back like come on that's the best yes. thing ever yeah. so after um after her husband graduated he excuse me he, he was a year ahead and uh he got a really nice job offer in new york and she petitioned to finish out her harvard degree at columbia but was not granted permission to do so so she transferred to columbia and tied for first in her class when she graduated but before that she was an editor of the harvard law review and again at columbia so she was just just kicking butt and taking names um, and I just want to remind all the good listeners, she had a toddler this whole time. Correct. In law this school. Not easy. Yes. And at the same time, um, her and Marty were in law school. He was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And so she, while he was recovering from surgeries, she would attend not only her own classes and lectures, but his as well and take notes, give it to him and help him type up his papers in addition to her own and raise a baby all at the same time. So just Mm. the resilience of this woman. And this is all before the age of like 25 that this is all happening. So just so much to celebrate. There's just just her story is so beautiful. I just, yes. and uh, excuse me, Asha, I forgot to tell you that right before she graduated high school, her sweet mama passed away. Hmm. So she was going through all these new years as a young mom. And she mom. was 15, right? So her mom, yeah. are you saying yeah. her mom died at 15? I mean, that is just like. Yeah, before oh, she graduated high God. school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So going through all these early years of mommyhood and just marriage and doing it all together. Pretty crazy. But one thing that really marks their marriage and has been written about in several articles and various books and portrayed in documentaries and in um, the newest release on the basis of sex, which um, shares about one particular case that her and her husband fought for together, is the fact that they were such a team. They were really yeah. partners in life, in marriage. And I remember, um, and I really, I really have to share this because it was just so moving for me. Um, <laughs> Listeners, you heard about my unfortunate camping trip. The part I didn't tell you is that I went and sat in the Target parking lot for four hours so my two-year-old could take a nap. And while that was going on, I was reading the book, Notorious RBG. It had come out, gosh, maybe a year before that. Um, I was reading it, and I just sat and wept. I wept and I wept and I wept every time I talked about their marriage because it was so beautiful. They were so for each other, and they believed in each other's gifts, and they pushed each other to be the best um, person they could be. And they often said, I want to be what my spouse thinks I really am. Yeah, I just want to live up to the beauty and the character that my spouse knows that I am. And so just to even hear about their love and life for each other, and even later in their years, um, when Marty would come into the court and come into her office and Maybe she was working and he was reading a book and then he would go up, adjust her collar, not say a thing and go sit back down. Hmm. And in the early years, he took over all the cooking because he, he swore that she was not going to get better. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to take over. I'm going to take over. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, if I'm going to eat from my wife, it's probably going to be something from frozen. And that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) She's got a lot of fish to fry and I love cooking. And you know, sorry, I'm just going to say this one more thing. You know how excited I'm to talk about RBG. Um, he would often even bring in homemade birthday cakes for all of her clerks and for interns and just to celebrate, just to celebrate his wife, celebrate 
who she was, all that she was, and her the same, being able to celebrate her husband's gifts and abilities. They were ahead of their time, Ashley. They really were. And how they shared the domestic duties and how they praised one another in private and in public. Yeah. I really, really love her. I think that this equality piece is so huge. And I even think about, um, we'll come back to partnership in a second, but I love this court case that Ruth took on and it is called... Weinberger versus Wiesenfeld, I think is how you say it. I'm not 100% sure that I have that I'm saying those things accurately, but this is from her movie, the movie oh, yeah, uh, 1975 RBG. Yes. And she basically took on this court case because um, government benefits were available to widows only and not to widowers. So this young man was having um, to take care of his children without any help and he was not able to receive any sort of ins- assistance when oh, his yep. wife died. And so Ruth yep. took this on um, because she knew it was the wrong thing. And so I just appreciate that especially appreciate this in a judge is someone who's fair on all sides. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's a really powerful gift that Ruth has. And also I wonder if some of that stimulates from her love and passion for her husband, um, because the yeah. way that she loved him, the way she cared for him. And then also think about what he had already walked through in college together. So she had, she lost him, she would know what it means or had he ever lost her, she would know what that would mean for him. And so I think yeah. her being such a fair judge rises out of that sense of equality that, that already was in her home. And Marty is just so freaking lovable in the oh, documentary gosh. that I watched. Oh my gosh, every single clip about him or just even when they would go on news stations together and have a conversation and somebody would ask him a question that probably would never get asked on television now about, you know, her wearing the pants or her being whatever. His responses were always so beautiful and so fair mm-hmm. and so loving. Like he had no um, desire for her to shrink back and he had no nope. desire for her to apologize for who she is and neither <sighs> did Ruth like yep. you're going to graduate in that time at 15 years old you're going to go to Harvard and be one out of nine women you know like she did <sighs> not apologize nope. for her gender she did not apologize for who she was and she fearlessly charged the hill and still charging the hill and to me that is so so remarkable um, and I believe that she's able to do that because of all of her partnerships. And that shows the power of partnership because when you feel secure at home and you feel secure in your relationships, it does create an opportunity for you to feel secure no matter what you face in the workplace and no matter what you face outside of home, that brings a level of just like, hey, I can do this. This is what I was created to do. And I think oh, that's yeah. so beautiful about their marriage and their life. She knew she had gas in the tank yes. to move forward and yep. make change yeah. and live in truth. And so did he. And lest we think he was not a uh, just killing it on his own. I was going to say something else there, but not appropriate since we're <laughs> clean on iTunes. But what I wanted to say is this. He was killing it in his own right. He was quickly moved up the ranks as a partner in the firm he was at in New York. And he was known... <clears throat> as an incredible tax attorney. And when she was elected to the appeals court in DC, he picked up He picked up and moved and joined a new firm down in DC. And he started um, as an adjunct professor at Georgetown and then eventually took on more there too. So he, he was killing it in his own line of work and in mm-hmm. his own field. So they were equally um, as incredible high caliber um, powerfully working in their lanes. It's so true. I've just found this quote that he said. <laughs> he said that Marty provides a reason for their successful union. And this is what he says. My wife doesn't give me any advice about cooking and I don't give her any advice about the law. <laughs> <laughs> 
Isn't that so great? Oh, that is the best thing. <laughs> you know what? I think I might frame that thing. So good. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Too, what, too good. In your life, Tiffany, what would you say partnership has done for you? Whether it's been, you know, with your husband at home or if it's been partnership with friends or in ministry, what has partnership done for you? I think partnership gives room to celebrate the other person. It isn't uh, fearful or jealous of what the other person would accomplish or yeah. what what limelight they might be standing at. It really just celebrates. I love that partnership gives the opportunity to just root on the other person. I will say uh, my bent naturally is to work in team. I love working in a team. So to get to see others' gifts and skills and abilities um, come to the forefront of a project is beautiful, whatever the case may be. And obviously we're looking at her partnership with Marty, but you could even look at her partnership, as you said earlier, um, with the other justices, working with other people, working um, at a time when she did in the ACLU. You know, she was always working with other people. The nature of her job demands that she work with other people. Right. And the fact that she is okay to disagree and still love, yes. I think she models that really well. Yes. The way she talks about others, she models yes. such a respect and such... Um, She's just so dignified in the yeah. way that she approaches people, and I think that's, um, I think that's something to celebrate. It really is. I love hearing that because I think in this world that we live in today, discretion is so lost on our mm-hmm. generation, um, and I think it's really powerful to think about uh, using discretion the way that she used discretion. And I love yeah. what you said about celebrating other people in partnership that it makes room for the other. I so agree with you. I feel like when I've partnered with people, I love being able to lift people up. And I'm so thankful for the people who have lifted me up. And I'm so thankful for in the midst of partnership, those people who encourage me, like, don't give up. This is what you're created to do. I know it's really hard right now. I know you're getting attacked from every side, but hang in there. Like, this is what you were born for. And partnership has done that for me and allowed me to do that for others. And I appreciate being able to show up for a person. You know, Come I think on. that's the other part of partnership. It's like, I get to show up for you. I can arrive for you because we know each other well enough where I know how to meet a need if it's, if it's available for me to meet it. And mm-hmm. then same on the other side, somebody else can meet, meet your need because to go the distance, like that's what Ruth's life really yep. strikes me. Like she's going the distance, like to the end of her life, she will be spending herself. And I think that's really powerful to think about who's going to take us through our whole life. You know, how are oh. we going to go the distance? And it's partnership that will do that. Like yeah. as independent as we want to be in the world that we live in it's just it is a false reality to think that we could get anywhere we want to get without others like it's just not going to happen we got to partner if we're going to go the distance this past week and i read an article in forbes and it talked about the key to happiness for entrepreneurs and so mm. i clicked on it thinking oh what's the key to Good happiness? title mm-hmm. <laughs> and it boiled down to this relationships being able to really share your life with people, yes. listen to what they have to say, yeah. submitting yourself in a relationship, not not just in marriage, but in friendship, in mm-hmm. a work environment, mm-hmm. um, with people that you are committed to love and that love you. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you said it. It gives room to support somebody else. Love that we're so celebrating other people. We're supporting other people. And I think another be, uh, beautiful aspect of partnership is to be truly seen to be truly seen really for who you that. are. Yes. Someone is seeing all your gifts, but they're also going to see all your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And they're going to still say, I am standing by you. Yes. Because you're human and so am I. And I'm willing to stand yeah. by you because there's so much good to come from this. 
I so agree with you and that's really powerful and I think on the flip side when you have to partner with people to get stuff done even though they don't agree with you you know let's say everybody's working towards the greater good and you've Mm -hmm. got to partner with someone who doesn't share your values or your convictions and doesn't share your political beliefs or your religious beliefs but you need to partner because you know it's for the greater good I think it's really important even then like in a safe way the way that feels safe and healthy for your heart that you're also still able to show your weaknesses you know because that actually increases the richness of partnership is to know like actually there is this thing in partnership where we admit i need you like there is a part of partnership that is just that that basic human need of like i need someone else to get this accomplished and so even when we're sharing that with someone that we love richly and deeply like you tiff (laughs) i love Mm. that we get to partner together or when i have to do something with someone that i'm like man we don't share anything in common but we're going to work together because we know it's the right thing for the people that we serve Absolutely. Uh, May I take that one step further? Please. I read a quote by Rick Warren this past weekend as well, and it said, the biggest lie of our culture is that if you disagree with someone, therefore you hate them and you Mm. hate their lifestyle and you hate who they are at their, basically at their cellular level. And he said, what a lie. You can disagree with someone and love somebody. You can disagree with somebody and love somebody. And I think that is a beautiful mark of security, isn't it? To disagree and still love each other and still stand firm in who you are and what you believe. So I think that there is so much room to be be unified but not conform to one another in partnership. Again, we're talking about friendship, work, um, marriage. Yep in whatever capacity or space or place that you can apply that to, there is room to disagree and still deeply care, love, respect, honor, and, you know, project dignity on the other person. Yes. So do not let 2019 social media tell you different because in real life, in real life, this is how it works. (laughs) Like you're not supposed to agree about everything. We're not trying to create a tribe of groupthink, you know, for no, all the different groupthinks no. out there. It's like we were created to be in partnership, in relationship with others, no matter what their beliefs are. That's a really important part of this. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And, you know, Ruth has spent since 1993 um, her time sitting in the highest court in all the land. Yeah. But, but the, you know, she, I believe she was 60 when she was um, elected to the court. Yep, August 3rd, 1993. Um, But the life she lived up to then, the life she's lived since then, Ashley, you said it so well. She is spending herself. I love the words. She's really spending herself on that, which she knows she was built to do. So I would just encourage you, listener, be encouraged by Ruth's resilience, by her willingness to partner with somebody, by her willingness to commit to the truth. Yes. And oh, I love that rhymes with her name. Yeah. <laughs> Ruth is just, the truth. Yeah, just by go. her general badassery. I mean, right. honestly, she's just fabulous. She is. She really do you have any is. closing thoughts about partnership, Ashley? No, I just think we need to do it, Tiffany. So if you're yeah. out there and you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't trust, I don't do this, I don't have any partners, we need to get some. Do yeah. whatever you need to do to be in partnership with others so that your life can flourish because you were created to live this big and beautiful, expansive life and you were created to spend yourself to the very end and partnering yeah. with others will help you do that. 
Yeah, and a healthy partnership looks like two healthy individuals. Come looks on. like three healthy individuals, Come four on. healthy individuals. Yes. So just like Ashley said, if that's something that you feel like, you know what, this is a weak area of my life, I would first look for health in your own life and then moving forward in healthy relationships and partnerships. Yes. Yes. Well, while the listeners, we love you. I want you to know that we both are praying for you. We stand yes. with you. We're so thankful to be on this journey with you. Bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.